we turn now to readings from our sacred text. And our first reading is from the book of Exodus in the Old Testament, chapter 20, beginning with the first verse, the Ten Commandments. Then God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I am the Lord your for I the Lord your God am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When all the people witnessed the thunder and lighting, lightning, the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, they were afraid and trembled and stood at a distance and said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid for God has come only to test you and to put the fear on him upon you so that you do not sin. Here ends the Old Testament reading. And the psalm of response is Psalm 19, God's glory in creation and the law. The heavens are telling of the glory of God and pro proclaims his handiwork. Day to day, night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard, yet their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In the heavens, God has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom from his wedding canopy, like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the ends of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them, and nothing is hid from its head. 
heat. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, my Lord, my rock, and my redeemer. Here ends Psalm 19. And the gospel today, you may remember that last week I told you for the next three weeks we have the gospel of John. This story about Jesus cleaning the temple, cleansing the temple. He didn't like get out his mop and the and the Lysol and clean. <laughs> he did other things. But this story shows up right away in the second verse, uh, second chapter in the Gospel of John, and in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it shows up at the towards the end before. Jesus is um, arrested. So it's interesting that John puts it right here at the beginning. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out all the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. Take those, he told those who were selling the doves, take those things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, what sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, This temple's been under construction for 46 years, and you'll raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered what he had said, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. Here ends the gospel. All right, will you pray with me? Dear God, meet us where we are, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our creator, our redeemer, our sustainer. Amen. So we have the Ten Commandments and Jesus cleansing the temple together. There was a day in Washington, D.C. when people protested. People were out on the streets protesting Black Lives Matter was their chant. There were signs. Somebody eventually painted on the street, Black Lives Matter. And there were stations on the side of the street to help people stay hydrated and safe. And people were, generally speaking, happy in their protesting. They were not fighting. They were sharing the moment with each other. 
and they walked down this very long street and said, Black Lives Matter. And they were saying, all lives matter by saying, black lives matter. They weren't saying, black lives matter more, right? Something had happened to kick off this protest. Does anybody remember? I think it was the death of a black man by policemen. They had stood on his neck and killed him. And that day, people took to the streets and said, this is not okay. Every one of our lives is important. No matter what color we are, no matter who we are, or where we are on life's journey. At the other end of the street, there's an Episcopal church. And out front of that church that ministered all around it to people in the protest march was a president who stood there with his Bible upside down and people took pictures. He didn't do anything. He just stood there in front of that church who did not invite him, who did not have his name on the, on the board, with his Bible upside down to make it look like what? He was special? Like somehow he was holding up the Holy Scriptures? In his entourage were generals. In his entourage were political leaders. Does this sound familiar? There's another day in our Bible that we will read about soon where there were two protests like this going on at the same time, one at one gate and one at another gate. People were saying, we're speaking truth to power. We need to be heard. This is where Jesus was that day when he'd come into Jerusalem. Now, <coughs> heard me. Um, he, some people say Jesus was mad. He was mad, but this was not a spur of the moment. He's come into Jerusalem, and he sees the money changers and the, the priests and others, the temple leaders selling animals for sacrifices, and, and it made him mad. He made a whip. He had time to make a whip. This was clearly his plan to protest what was going on at the temple. There was two systems in those days. The domination system, according to Marcus Borg and um, John Dominic Crossan, and the religious system. And in the Jewish system, you couldn't have anything on your coins that was not God. And yet, the Romans said Caesar was God. So they had Caesar on their coins. So, they, so people, when they came to the temple, 
had to change their coins. That's what the money changers were there for, from coins with Caesar's likeness on it to coins without, so temple tax could be paid. All right? And you know they didn't, there was not a fair trade there. They were making money on this. And the animals for sacrifice had to be clean and they had to be certified. It's as if you had to make sure everything was gluten-free. Sorry. And so there were animals there for sale to use for sacrifices in the temple. And Jesus said, you know what? I've had it with all this system. This is not what God intended. The temple is a place for prayer. I wonder if you also remember during the hurricane that hit Houston a long time ago, the city was flooded. And there were places, there were a few places that were above the floodplain that had to be used like the Astrodome and places like that, that had to be used to house people, to get people to safety, right? Well, there's a big church down there that holds 1,500 people. And the city asked them several times, can we use your building? It was above the floodplain. People could get there safely. And they said, no, we can't have our building trampled on and just anybody comes through the doors. Yeah. So pretty soon the city wore them down and they decided that they would allow their members in if they needed shelter. So deacons stood at the door. Sorry, this makes me really angry. Deacons stood at the door with lists of members whose tithes were paid up only those people were allowed in. You will never see that happen here, people, as long as I'm here. <laughs> yeah. This kind of stuff made Jesus angry. It makes many of us angry. This is not what God intended. And so Jesus cracked his whip and drove out the animals and told the money changers to take their coins and get out of there. And he let the doves go. And he said, remember what this building is for. And then he alluded to his death and resurrection and said, this temple will be torn down and rebuilt again in three days. And guess what? People didn't get it. They said, this building's been under construction for 46 years. How are you going to rebuild it in three days? So here we are in Lent, wondering how we can grow closer in our relationship with God. And we have these commandments, and we have this story of Jesus speaking truth to power. And we wonder what this has to say to us today. What do these stories mean for our lives here during Lent? We said a lot of prayers during our prayer time 
for people who are struggling in their lives and people who have had moments of joy and recovery. We pray for the people in the world, leaders, and the places that are just decimated by war. There's practically nothing left of Gaza. And we imagine the story when it was happening in the Gospel of John, and those temples are probably not there now. Hospitals, places of people's homes. There was a picture on the internet yesterday I had to very quickly turn away from. It was a little girl, filthy dirty, about this little guy's size. And she was in a rainbow, crinkly dress that was gorgeous. And she was walking in the street of rubble and blown up cars and everything by herself. She couldn't have been more than 18 months or so. And I had to quickly look away. Forgive me, but it broke my heart. We're all God's people. God never has intended for temples to be sacred places for the money changers. God never intended for a Bible to be held by a president outside of a church building he's never been to, held upside down as if to say he was something special. The first commandment is love God. The first commandment says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Do you remember the episode of the West Wing when there's a gathering of news leaders and people like that in a, in a room and President Bartlett comes in and this one woman doesn't stand up? And he talks to her and he says, in this house, when I stand up, you stand up. And now I can't remember the, the illustration about it. Anyway, it'll come back when I'm in my recliner this afternoon. Oh me, I can't blame my grandchildren this time. The point about it is, Jesus got angry, just like we do. The point about it is, we're called to love God over anything else. And that's how much God loves us, right? We have that to share. We can open our hearts and minds and our arms and our pocketbooks and our wallets and we can say we want to help. There are lots of ways that this church
gives alms. During Lent, we pray, we fast, and we give alms. And I, call, I, I invite you to remember some of the ways that this church gives back to this community. This is a place that we can be proud of. It's not a golden fatted calf. It's a place of love and welcome. And we take that love and welcome out the door to help people. And I know you all know this. I know I'm preaching to the choir. But that day when Jesus was in the temple, he knew that what he was doing was going to get him in trouble with the dominion system and domination system and with the religious system. He was going to be in trouble with Rome and with the Jewish leaders, people like Pilate and Caiaphas, because they loved power and money more than each other and more than God. And that's blasphemy, folks. So on this third Sunday in Lent, as we get ready to go down to coffee hour to enjoy each other's company, remember that when somebody asks you if you're Christian, remember how you can say yes. You can say yes with love in your heart. And you can say yes because you know how to help. Right? And you're not going to close the door in anyone's face because God calls us to love God with our whole hearts and our whole minds and our whole souls and our neighbors as ourselves. Amen. <laughs>